Hello, and welcome to another episode on Journey to Authenticity, podcast helping you to become fully authentic on your journey to success. My name is Braden Belknap, and I'm a human just like you, striving to build a dream life while staying true to me. It's my mission to help you achieve the highest level of authenticity possible, all while you build your dream life. But what if we have a hard time communicating? What if we have a hard time communicating to the message that we want the world to hear, most importantly, to the specific people that we want to hear it? One of the many ways of doing this is becoming authentic within you and choosing to be you. Authenticity is simply a choice. You know whether you are being in alignment with your authentic self or not. Are you being authentic with the words you speak, the emotions you feel, and the actions that you say you're going to take? Do you do what you're going to say? Because the moment that we start to become authentic is when we give ourselves permission to show up fully, to speak in the way that we choose. In this podcast, you will hear many, many different ways of how to communicate your message, how to form a speech to how to form a podcast. And that's why we have our guest Bryce Prescott coming into today, as he has had major success in creating his message becoming authentic in himself and creating his authority in his sector of business, which is helping people win in podcasting and consulting. He's not only done this for himself, he's done this for many other people with his company, Media Automated. Welcome to the podcast, Bryce Prescott. What's up, my man? How are you doing? appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's exciting to have you on the Blessings Mind, of course, and I'm just excited to add as much value to the audience today. Well, that's uh that's an honor, man. I, uh, I'm prepared to tap into whatever that looks like, Braden. That's uh, it's going to be a good one. Absolutely. So you're obviously full on comedian, podcaster and executive. Uh, I don't know how you would say your title executive producer. Yeah. So I, I wear a couple different hats. So on the business side of things, I'm the founder of a company called media automated and what media automated does is we produce and create podcasts and we offer the support for everybody's issues related to media so we can automate it, hence the name Media Automated. And I've been doing that for about five years. We produce around 50 or so episodes per week for different podcasts for different entrepreneurs and, and podcasters. The other side of that business is I have really figured out how to help people start their shows so that they start them understanding quite simply what problem they solve and then who they solve that problem for, crafting a very specific type of show that can attract those people in. So that, for example, if you are a coach or a consultant or whatnot, that the people that you can help would listen to your show. You've got to make an appeal to them. And how you do that is through, you know, what exactly your show is. And we've been doing this for five years. I've got some really great plans for this year, this uh, first quarter of 2024, which is the time this is being recorded right now. Some really, really cool things. I'm just finally now venturing into the paid ad space. Uh, I've invested in my company. We've done a bunch of new content, really high quality professional content that really speaks to those entrepreneurs that want to be a known and credible uh, podcaster and to bring relevance and authority into their business via podcasting. And I've never done paid ads before. Everything that I've done has been basically organic or just referral based. I've had some really powerful referrals uh, that have come from me. My, my business as well. Uh, it's high six, low seven figures of revenue every year. And so, um, 
this is a new adventure for me. I'm looking to scale it and make it bigger. And I realize with as many Instagram algorithm hacks that you can handle at some point, you just have to pay for traffic and then make sure that once people see that, that you have a net to catch them with. And I finally now sheesh five years in have invested in that. So I'm really excited. So that's, what's going on with media automated on the flip side. I legitimately am a professional comedian. I've, I've headlined all over the Western United States uh, I get a kick out of telling dick jokes in dirty rooms to strangers. So that's, uh, that's, that's my evenings and weekends, it seems. So Absolutely. And to me, everything that you just said boils down to messaging. So what inspired you to help people share their message to the world? Well, I'm glad you asked that question in the way that you asked it, because I want to dispel some of the myths about the process. Because... I think a lot of business owners, when they kind of create the story of their business or their brand or whatever, they make it seem really whimsical and magical. And it's like, well, I had this moment, I was out in the desert and <laughs> this clouds broke and I saw like, it's, it's, it's ick, you know, it's like, it's not what it was like. And my business is exactly a proof of that. I, back in 2012, got into podcasting as a podcaster. And I was a solo guy. Like I was coming off of a very successful career in real estate that had transitioned into commodities. The idea for me to be a podcaster started in Sao Paulo, Brazil. I was in a bar. I was half drunk. I was pissed because I went down to Brazil to close this deal in a commodity transaction where we had business people from China coming into Sao Paulo to meet us. And we got hoodwinked and it was a bad thing and lost a bunch of money. And I was having this feeling like, so how do I get in front of the right people? How do I learn? Because I clearly, even after having made millions of dollars and been very influential in that space, I was really humbled. My confidence in how to do business, how to do it right, how to develop relationships was gone. I'm like, I need access to new stuff. And so what came up for me was like, well, I'm going to start a podcast and that way I can interview people and I can learn from them. And then I can build a platform that will help them to be elevated as they get access to my audience. And it'll you know be a win-win. And it didn't work out that way. I ended up building that platform, had that podcast, did all those things, but it did well for everyone else, but it didn't do well for me. And I continued to struggle. And what it caused me to do in that struggle is to really dig into what exactly podcasting is, how it grows, how it's measured, what makes a good podcast, what doesn't make a good podcast, what are aspects of hosting and interviews that should be learned skills, how to then practice those skills and put myself in a position to be at a better place. And as I started evaluating and working on this new sort of understanding of that as a skill set, I started getting people asking me questions about it. And I became somewhat known as like the podcast guy. And this was 2013, 14, 15 time. And uh, one guy that I know, he nicknamed me the podcast whisperer because he's like, dude, you need to, you need to know anything about the podcast and give, give this guy a call, you know? And fortunately, a, a really good friend of mine who's been my longest standing client, uh, he's extremely successful. His name is John Madsen and he owns a fitness and mindset company called Superhuman. John came to me and he's like, hey, man, I need you to help me with my, my show. I need to start a new podcast for my coaching business. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, no, just to be clear, like, I want to pay you to help me with this so that you can like really kind of figure this out. And so it was the first time I didn't even come up with the model myself. I was struggling at the time. I didn't have really any money. I didn't, I didn't even consider remotely selling or promoting or offering podcast production or creation of shows as something that people would pay me for. And then this successful friend of mine comes, he's like, I want you to do it. And then he also has a very um, successful and even outspoken wife 
Cause I'm kind of hemming and hawing. I'm like, oh, I don't know. And she's like, dude, he's trying to pay you. Like, what are you doing? Take it, you know? And that was my first gig. We produced 300 episodes for him and, and spawned several other shows for him and his team. And, and that was the beginning where I started realizing that the success of podcasting is all created at the beginning. Anytime I do consults for new podcasters, when they're interested in starting a show, I ask them two very simple questions. I say, well, okay, so you want to do a show. That's great. Uh, what problem does that show solve? Like what value in the market will it be considered the solution for which problem? And then secondly, who? Like who's this? Because like there's different demographics of people with different needs and different, you know, sensibilities and all that. And, I'm, and so I will ask like who? And very few people have an articulated response to that that makes any sense. Anytime people want to start a podcast, it seems that they're like, well, I don't know. I kind of want to do this thing. It's going to be, and they talk about what their experience is going to be as the host. I want to talk about this. I want to put it here. We're going to make this. We're going to, it's going to be great. And as, as good of a start as that, if you stay that way, what will happen is seven to 10 episodes in, you'll burn out because nobody cares. You made a podcast that you want to listen to, nobody else. Your warm market where your friends listen to it at the beginning because they want to support you. They don't care either anymore because it's boring for them and you flail. And so I, through experience and with myself and with dozens. I mean, I've started over 150 podcasts since that time with people. And uh, when you start it right, it gives it longevity. And I, I figured this out because my friend was like, Hey, I need you to help me with the show. So I dove right in. I'm like, so what are the problems people face immediately? How can we make sure that John's show is the best show for what he's looking to do? And I just dove in. And what I realized is it's basically 80% concept, 20% technical. The stuff for producing and YouTube and uploading, and that's, that's easy stuff, man. You can spend an afternoon on YouTube and learn a lot of that stuff. But the real deep dive into what people want and need and what you can create to offer a solution to those wants and needs, that's a deeper dive. And so that's where I started. It started there. And here we are, you know, basically five years later, we're going big. I'm seeing this now as something that there's a, there's a demographic out there of coaches and consultants that want to use their podcast to gain authority and to create great messaging that have zero clue how to do it. And I'm here to help them. Absolutely. And you were the podcast whisperer before podcasting was even cool. <laughs> yeah. I was, it was, it was like this silly, <laughs> nonsensical, useless thing. Like the what whisper is, and I'm like, yeah, just, it'll come around. You'll know what a podcast is. Don't worry. <laughs> so um, I got to ask, you're the master now, but take you back years and years ago. Was there ever a time you struggled to find your messaging and find your authority? Yeah, absolutely. It's only been recently that I have any sort of confidence in that. I've jokingly referred to myself in this game as the, as the expert landscaper that just has a shitty yard because my own podcasts that I've done, I flailed with some of them. Like that first podcast that I started, it was called rules of success. And I produced it for over 600 episodes. It had 2 million downloads before I shut it down. And the problem with that podcast was that anybody that would come on that show would get exposure, but not me. And what ended up happening is I realized I got, I was given this, this, compliment this feedback one time that actually wasn't a compliment i didn't realize it wasn't until i really think thought about it this uh, guy said man this is great dude i love being on your show it's almost like you're like the like the jimmy fallon of podcasting now for those of you that don't know jimmy fallon's a comedian he's the host of the tonight show right now 
And if you've ever watched Jimmy Fallon, he fawns all over his guests. He's like, oh my gosh, you're the funniest thing ever. <laughs> like he laughs at everything. He's kind of cheesy with all that stuff. And he's just really like, he's really good at focusing the spotlight on the people that he's interviewing, which is a good thing. But for a guy like me, like I wasn't getting paid 25 million by NBC to host the show. Like I was trying to make a name for myself. And so I needed to guard my own shine and I wasn't doing it. I was giving it all away. And so anytime people would come to my show, they'd be entertained, they'd be educated, they would learn things and they would go see the guy who was just on my show and not me. And so what that caused me to do is like, I had to really think, cause I, I was very confident as a host. I thought I was a good host. I had great questions. I, I was, I could guide a conversation. I didn't over, I didn't talk over them. I wasn't too silent, all, all the stuff. And it took some humility for me. Like, Oh, well, I, I got to change this up. So I, I rebranded it a few times. I changed the format a few times and then I just let it go. And when I let it go was when I actually got into comedy about five years when I started doing stand-up. and I had a podcast then that was called grab the mic. And it was basically my chronicling of the journey from going to my first open mic as a comedian all the way to being a headlining comedian. And that experience with that podcast is what made me see the power of it because I, I started it with a very specific purpose. I made it for the person that was curious in understanding the behind the curtain stuff of stand-up comedy. Because when you get, even in the early stages of becoming a comedian, if you're in a place where there's, you know, a prominent comedy club, like there is in Salt Lake city, the wise guys, comedy clubs are all over They're Ogden, Jordan landing downtown. They're making, they're building one in Provo. There's two in Vegas. They're making one in Boise. Like wise guys as a comedy name is very powerful. And when you get past a certain level, you start getting asked to host touring comedians that are coming in or to open, be a part of the show of very, very famous people that are coming through that are already, you know, made it. And, so there's a lot of questions about that. So I would tell these stories like, oh, I got to, you know, meet and make friends with Andrew Scholes. And then, you know, Chris D'Elia came to town. And then, oh, I, I opened for Brian Callen as my first gig. And Miss Pat was here. And like, so I, I'm name dropping all of these comedian names as I'm talking about this stuff. And it just is creating a fan base because I was funny and I was able to tell the behind the scenes. And I realized, I'm like, okay, so there's power in this. Like, there's a way to garner attention for a specific interest if you do it right. And then from there, I rebranded that show from calling it Grab the Mic to calling it Stand Up, a show about life and laughs, because I wanted to have the topic be able to be life too. I didn't want to just have it only be about comedy and stand up and all that. I had already developed that fan base. So I wanted a transition where they had access to other kind of the other stuff, the good stuff, the success based stuff, self development stuff, good thoughts and ideas and principles. And it continued. Well, then about a year ago, as a experiment, really. I started another podcast called alignment and I did it for 31 episodes. I did an episode every day for 31 days. And these were three to five minute episodes. And it's just all about keeping yourself in alignment. So it was like a little simple daily message, three to five minutes, super direct, whatever. And that grew a certain type of fan base as well. And it had a certain type of value. And I just got burned out because I needed a, I needed a Bryce to handle my stuff when, when I was in this, you know, and then after that, I transitioned. I'm like, okay, I need to really try to make a podcast that is specific to my avatar, my audience for what my business is. And so I made another podcast called Media Automated, where, what's the tagline for Media Automated? Where, let me look it up real quick. I'm proud of the tagline. I'm so proud of it, I forgot what the tagline is. 
It's something about when uh, business success meets uh, something. Anyway, it it doesn't matter. The whole point is that like I did that. Now I did full production, YouTube, everything. And I have a YouTube channel with all that. And it's done. But again, I needed a me to come in and handle everything. And I was too busy working on my business. And so I didn't get there. It wasn't until the summertime I was introduced to a book that was called Building Your Story Brand by a guy named Donald Miller. And Donald Miller is an expert storyteller respected to how to create brands and stories around brands so that your audience would want to be associated with you. And there's some very powerful and simple archetypes that that falls into, namely that if you watch movies and all the things you're interested in and the, the, the different principles for powerful storytelling, it includes usually a, a version of the following format. You have a person. And this person is going through life and everything's okay. And then something happens and their life changes and it's hard and painful. And they are introduced to a very difficult challenge they have to overcome. A villain then comes in to help exacerbate that. And they don't know what to do. Then a guide shows up and that guide has the answer to their problems that does two things. It eliminates their ability to fail and it ensures their success. And by working with the guide, they then trounce off into the sunset, having their problems fade and defeating the villain. So when you take that framework and you apply it to a business, it can become really, really attractive to the people that need you. So let me give you an example. So I've worked very closely with a company out of Sacramento to help me to develop what the story brand is for my company how to create that story and what it means. And so if you'll indulge me, I'm going to share with you some of the work that we did. This is a very surgical, tactical, short, but yet powerful description of exactly what my company does. And it's written in a story format. It touches on the pain points, the solutions, me as the guide, the whole thing. So it says, at Media Automated, we know you want to be a known and credible entrepreneur. In order to do that, You need your own podcast that amplifies your voice and image. The problem is getting started is complicated and time consuming, which probably makes you feel overwhelmed and discouraged. We believe everyone with the desire to be heard should be. And we understand not even knowing where to start, which is why we've created a service to build podcasts that removes the guesswork and gives all the support, including the equipment to you. We've done it for hundreds of clients just like you. Here's how we do it. First, we have a discovery call together. Then we build your podcast. And finally, you broadcast to the world. So book a discovery call. And in the meantime, watch this video on how to create a successful podcast. You can stop the cycle of procrastination and missing out on opportunities and instead gain an advantage of an incredible revenue stream. There's not an errant word in that description for what the story brand is for my company. It talks about everything. And as far as your question about my messaging, and it's only been that I've, it's only been since that has been written, we've been taking it this way that I felt any sort of certainty on exactly how to describe what Media Automated does. Again, it's not pretty. It's not this beautiful, polished, oh, it was great. The clouds parted and I got the answer from God or whatever. It's just, (laughs) sometimes you just have to get in the weeds and figure it out yourself. The craziest part is that I've known that a lot of successful entrepreneurs, they stumble towards success more than anyone would care to acknowledge. It's like they just kind of fumble along and then they get a win and the win is a big enough win that it keeps them going for another couple months and then they get another win and they build something and they change it and it's it's never a straight line. And uh, 
it's not pretty either. And mine hasn't been that way either. I've been my own guinea pig trying to figure out well, what is my actual messaging for this stuff? How does it actually work? How do I, as the founder, blend my comedic side and my entrepreneur side? And how do I do it all? Like, and I was, I was lost for a long time. Not anymore. I love that. And the fact that you've stumbled upon your success up to this point is a sure example of the entrepreneurship journey. Sometimes things yeah. suck and you're in the weeds and sometimes you're just. Well, that's one of the key principles. That's one of the key principles. Like when I, when I teach guys about podcasting, how to start them, there's basically three main pillars that you need to be mindful of. And in this order to make uh, and produce a successful show. And those main pillars are the first one is concept. You have to know what your show is. You have to know what problems you solve and who you solve them for and all of those details. So you can make a show that is appealing to the person you're trying to reach. The second is content. You actually have to create good content, which means you have to understand how to tell good stories. You have to understand frameworks when it comes to getting your message out. That's just the presentation of it. You've got to be a good host. You got to make sure you elevate your ability to uh, succinctly and coherently speak. And then there's the other side of where you actually have to like take what you've made and put it out there and you have to like produce it, make it sound good, make your videos look good, know how to cut it up the whole thing. That's the second piece, which is content. And then the third one is continuity. And that's where you have to be consistent. But there's a, a piece of continuity that is overlooked. And that is an adapt. You have to be adaptable. So a lot of times you'll think you know what you're doing. You'll think you'll have your messaging right. You'll think you'll know that the person that you want to have reached is that person. And you'll make the things that would do that. And it just doesn't work. And so you have to adapt and pivot, change. And I think if I was to look at anything objectively, that's been um, my, my sort of superpower has just been that I am consistent and I'm willing to pivot and not look so foolish because some in my, in my position, they might feel intimidated to stop producing a show or to pivot or to do another one or whatever. If I'm supposed to be the guy that has all the answers for how to make your show good. And I've never really felt that sort of fear because I'm doing it for me. So they don't have to, like I'm using that the myself as the Guinea pig to figure this stuff out so that I can figure out what mistakes not to make with them so that their stuff is great. And it's worked out that way. So being consistent and being willing to pivot has been something that I've really, it's been a game changer for me. Absolutely. So I forget the exact statistic and you might know this, but I want to say it's after like every three or five episodes. If you make it past like 10 episodes, you're in the top like 90% of, or 10% of episodes. Yeah. It's so a crazy I'm, statistic. I'm sure these, I'm sure these numbers are changed, but it's crazy. So there's like 2.7 million podcasts on Apple podcasts. And only about 200,000 of those podcasts have more than 10 episodes. So just having more than 10 episodes, you're already in the top 10%. So when you get into those, then after that point, like it's, there's a, mis, there's a misunderstanding that podcasting is played out or that everybody's got one. And, and it's, it's not very few people actually have a successful podcast. And to actually create one means looking at podcasting differently. It's one of the reasons why I, I work with coaches the way that I do is because if you are in the space of trying to get your message out there in front of people that need you, you offering them something that they can listen to on their terms, listen to or watch on their terms that speaks directly to their pain 
and offers solutions and options for them to transform that pain into progress, there's nothing better. You, you want to get into public speaking. Podcasting is a great way to do it because you're forced to speak and you're forced to articulate messaging. You want to be better at anything that requires communication. Being a podcaster will do it because when you're, and I'm sure Braden, you know this, when you're recording and you're on the hook for that moment, it's a different pressure. You want to sound better and speak better and be more articulate. And it makes it easier to say ums and ahs and eh, and kind of get into the, the bad habits if you don't fix your bad habits. And that little thing that I just discussed, when you master that and then you take it outside of your podcast, it makes you a better business person, a better provider, a you know, better spouse, better everything. Because it's all based in your communication. So I recommend it to everybody. And, and there's, a mis, there's a misnomer that it's a played out or saturated market. There are so few really good podcasts percentage wise that if you make a good one and you're consistent with it, you can make money on it, like a lot of money. And that's the other piece is that like I make sure that it's understood that vanity metrics don't mean anything. Just because you have a bunch of downloads doesn't mean that your podcast is valuable. If people are taking what they learn from your podcast and putting it in motion in a way that you've invited them to do that. So for example, if you're getting sales from your podcast for your business, or if you're getting mentions or your reputation is growing or your authority, you're seen as the answer in a specific space, then it's good. And their downloads aren't what do that. There's a trend that's happening right now. And I find it to be hilarious that people don't want the work of having a podcast but they want the appearance of it. So they'll use like a video team to create somewhat of like a pseudo podcast format. And then they'll just do these little 60 to 90 second nuggets and they'll film them in that way. So that it looks like they were on a podcast giving this value and, but they won't reference the podcast, but then it just plants a seed and who's watching like, Oh, that's a podcast. This guy's a podcaster, this, 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 and it automatically elevates their status in the eyes of the people that are uh, listening or watching provided the content's good. So it's really interesting. It's really interesting. Absolutely. So the core of podcasting is of course the messaging, your ability to articulate your message to the world. So hold on. I'll make sure I'm clear about that. It is about messaging and it is your ability to articulate your message, but more importantly, not to the world, to the part of the world that your message is directed to. When you're trying to cast a wide net, you won't catch anything. As they say, the riches are in the niches. There is no amount of like niching down in your podcast that should ever scare you. Especially if you're a coach or consultant, like you have a specific set. Like I'm willing to bet you're, you're a coach, correct, Braden? Absolutely. There are certain people that you know you can work with and that will be helped by you and your programs and the way that you can help guide them towards transformation. And also I'm willing to bet, you know, there's certain people that aren't a fit. So Understanding the difference between those two things, you don't need to try to talk to the guy that you know is not a fit. So just talk to the other guy. And that's what I'm talking about, making sure that you're speaking to the corner of the world that really resonates with you. But just to be clear, you have to know the difference. And that's where the work that I've shared comes at the beginning of starting your shows. Like you've got to figure out, okay, so who am I talking to? Who am I not talking to? What am I saying? Why am I saying it? What are the solutions I'm offering? How do those fit into this guy's life? And use the understanding of that specific person that you're targeting for as a very rigid thing, being like, does he get this? He does? Cool, we're in. Like, 
when you do it that way, you, you, you can't help but succeed. Absolutely. And I love that you could clarified that because it's the truth. The riches are in the niches. Yeah. And when you start to speak directly to a niche or niche, it sounds like you're talking to them. Yeah. It's because you are. Oh, absolutely. And when they feel like you're talking to them, they're like, oh, that was my problem. Yeah. Well, that's let me, when they start to. Let me, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of share something with you. I want to try this real quick. I want to present an idea to you and to any of the other coaches that are out there that listen to this podcast. Cause I'm sure you've got a bunch of people that listen to it are in that same space. Do you do, so, you do solo episodes, right? Braden? Yep. Okay. So on your next solo episode, I want you to try something when you're preparing your message and what it's going to be. And you're outlining the whole thing as far as what you're going to say. And, and you're, you're ramping up to do it. I want you in your mind to, and you can go get a picture off the internet, whatever you need to, that I want you to have a, a, a representation of your ideal client in picture form. And I want you to have it close to where you, is there so that when you're recording, you can look at it and you can talk to that singular person. Because when you talk on mic in a, in a way that can be received by a singular person, what happens is that every single person that listens to you feels an intimate connection to your message. If it resonates with them, they feel like, man, this guy's talking to me because your language is a, is such you're not saying things like, well, you guys, this you're saying like, I understand your problem. I understand what you experience when this happens to you. And then you're validating and reiterating the things that you know are his pain points. It's, it, it will allow those episodes to be received in a way more dynamic and powerful way, which is ultimately the goal. Because if people can feel a connection to you as a podcaster, especially if you are a coach, they will feel a connection to you as a coach as well. And that's how you get clients. That's powerful. I love that. So for somebody that has started to win in a sector of business or a coach consultant, and they're ready to start public speaking or starting a podcast, but they know that they need to master the art of communication or speaking. How does somebody start to win in that sector so that they are ready to start a podcast that people want to listen to? Well, the simple one word answer is practice. You have to get reps. You have to put yourself in a position to where you're actually doing the thing that you want to do. So like, for example, I've had uh, people in my space tell me that it's a goal of theirs to do a TED talk or to do a TEDx talk. And so I tell them, okay, get used to speaking in 20 to 25 minute clips, write keynotes, practice them, go to, you know, local networking events, look for opportunities to speak, look for ways to get in front of people podcasting is a way to do it, create recorded content. Because when you add a camera or a microphone in, it adds a little bit of extra pressure that is good when you're trying to learn how to do that. So that's the simple one. That's the broad cast, the wide net here. You, ah, you got to practice, okay. Which is important, but it's not very, you know, comprehensive. The other things that I would recommend people learn and study is structure. So any great speech or monologue or, message even is structured in a way that psychologically brings you in. And there are certain frameworks of preparation that you can use that can make it so that you're talking about the right thing at the beginning. And then you transition into a different thing based off what this framework is and it transitions and it concludes. Here's an example. One of the most simple frameworks that exists for people to share a message 
And this isn't an interview type thing. This is a singular voice, right? So you're giving a talk, you're doing a speech, whatever. It's called what, why, lesson, apply. So you say something, which is the what. And then you describe why that's the what. And then you describe the lesson that you've gained by understanding both the what and the why. And then the last part is, as you talk about its application, you apply it in your life. So give me an example of something that you have, you coach people on. It's a problem that you see. Authenticity is number one. Okay, perfect. Okay, so with. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to riff here a little bit. So pardon me if I'm not perfect in this, but because it's, it's on the cuff here. But so an example of taking um, the challenge of authenticity and putting it into that sort of framework, what, why, lesson, apply would be like this. You would have a statement to start. You're not being authentic and your audience knows it. When you sit down to share your message, it comes across clunky. It comes across force or even scripted. And it's not giving that energy that you know the people that need to hear it need to receive it. You aren't doing a good job at sharing an authentic message because simply you're caught up in fear and most likely not prepared and the problem that it's giving you is it's making it so it's not being received. That's the what, okay? I just made a statement, that's the what. You're not being authentic, it's not being received as authentic, this is the issue. Why? The reason why you're, not, you're having issues with your authenticity is, is it's twofold. The first thing is, is it's time that you really start taking serious your skill set of sharing a message. And on top of that, you need to understand a very simple thing. And that like in order to share a message and a principle, not only do you have to know it and you have to understand it, you have to have judgment of the principle, meaning the middle part is the most important part. This happens every day on social media. People will go and they will read a book. They'll read some book and they'll get a little nugget out of it. And then they'll take that little nugget and they'll do a live on it or they'll do a meme or they'll do a story or whatever. And it will fall flat because it doesn't feel authentic, not because the information isn't good, not because the realization of what they heard isn't good or what they concluded isn't good, is it lacks the judgment of the middle. When you are able to apply a new principle in your life, you receive personal judgment on it. You can say, ah, this works for me. Here's how it works. And it changes your energy. So the reason why your message is not coming across as authentic is because you are not allowing the things that you really know to be spoken. You're manufacturing things that you're not really certain about just so that you can make it seem like you're smarter than you actually are. But the power of your authentic voice is an energy and that it only comes out when you are in that space of true understanding and knowledge of what you're sharing. And that requires judgment. So this part I just shared, that's the why. So I talked about your authentic thing isn't working, whatever. Here's why. You're not sharing what you really think. You're not taking serious what you, your skill set should be. You got to do this. What's the lesson? Well, here's the thing, man. The lesson for this, for everybody in this, in this place, in this specific uh, topic, is that the shortest route to your success and to your authenticity and the expression of your authenticity is quite literally in the word. Be authentic. The lesson here is that if you're not being authentic, it won't come across as authenticity. And I'm willing to bet that if you're having struggles with your authenticity, you know dang well you're not being authentic. So that's the lesson. Strip it away. Get rid of the shoulds and the woulds and the I think I cans and only stick with what you truly know. That is how you can 
overcome this. So there's the lesson, right? And then it has a little bit of the apply in it, but then you go to the apply. So how do you apply this to yourself? You do what I just said. Next time it's time for you to sit down and have a message. If you have any fear about what your authenticity could be or how it comes across, I want you to step back and I want you to really drill down. Well, am I sharing something I truly believe or am I sharing something that I think they want to hear? And it's going to help me have clout or likes or views or shares because I'm willing to bet it's the latter. Because when you're really in the zone about what you feel and what's true for you and your actions and all that, authenticity isn't something you do or you don't do. It just comes across. And so if you want to have more authenticity in your messaging, it's quite simple. Be authentic. So bring that exercise there. What, why, lesson, apply. If you were to go back and edit all that together, it'd probably be a pretty great little deal that breaks down specifically what's going on. And I riffed on it in two seconds just because I knew the structure. I could think in my mind, well, what would the lesson be for that? Because I, I didn't prepare for this. You didn't spoon feed me. Hey, I need you to get a little five-minute thing on uh, authenticity. None of that. It just was. So understanding things like that, there's several storytelling frameworks that are basically like Mad Libs. Like you just you fill in the blank. You get a list like this goes here, this goes here, and then you riff as you do it. And all the greats do it. And all the newbies that don't look at the greats and go, man, he's so good. And he is, she is, but it's learnable. It's truly learnable. There's no excuse. Like you can learn it. So if you want to get into that space, learn how to do that. Learn how to, how to structure storytelling better. And then, of course, practice, practice, practice. Absolutely. So in podcasting, in public speaking world, I find that there's three types of people. One the person that scripts everything. It's like a song. It sounds really beautiful. Right. Two, the middle guy, the one that's kind of scripted, but he also allows room for improv. And the number three guy, Jordan Peterson's, the Gary V's, they don't script anything. They Just walk riff. out yeah. and they riff. Where do you feel the most success comes for people starting a podcast? The middle one. Is that what you also work with in? Yeah. Yeah. Because there's, there's power in having certain topics that you are so well-versed in that you can just go off on. You can, exp you can bring it down to 30 seconds. You could expand it out to an hour. Like every single person I'm willing to bet has something in their life that's like that. And the good coaches and the good podcasters have that information and that ability within their wheelhouse specific to their skill set as coaches and podcasters so they can help people. That is exactly what I'm talking about. So like the middle guy is the goal for me and every one of my things. Because you never want to be like, well, first of all, to script word for word, as you said, like a song, podcasts, bro, like that's so hard. It's so much writing. It's so ridiculously articulately uh, arduous. Like it's, it's hard. And you might as well just go write a book at that point because you're going to have to. You're going to have to edit it because you're going to have to practice it and how it flows. And then you're going to have to like the whole thing. So that's not realistic. Like that, that's not to do that on a regular basis for 30 minutes at a time is impossible. Like it's not impossible. It's just a very high degree of difficulty that takes a lot of bandwidth and a lot of effort to complete. I'll word it that way. The other guy that's just the riffer, those are special people. A guy like Jordan Peterson has basically, he has so much mastery in all of those uh, topics and aspects of psychology and whatnot that 
he just doesn't even need frameworks anymore. He just knows exactly how to go because he already has built-in frameworks in his head based off of what he's going to pull out. He's just smart. You know, Rogan's like that. There's a bunch of other people that can just talk and talk and talk and talk and you love hearing them because they're so smart. You can follow what they're saying. They build their arguments in a way that makes sense and it's beautiful. But that's a very rare group of people. Like those are truly gifted and highly educated, talented people. And they work hard, of course, like they're the whole package. The middle ground one is where we can, where every single person can have the most success because it's like the frameworks and the notes and that are there, they're training wheels. They're fence posts. They're there to give you structure so that you can play within the structure and not go out of bounds. And the beautiful thing is, is that when you're behind the scenes and you're doing this and you're the guy speaking it, there are times when it might feel clunky. We're like, yeah, it's a little bit too planned. I don't know. But then when you listen to it back, it sounds really good. It's really organized and it doesn't sound robotic or anything that is boring. It's good. So I think for me, I'm in that second spot. Uh, I think you are, I think there's other podcasters that are right in that spot and it's, it's a good place to be because it allows for improv and for you to be organic if you want to change directions or whatever, but you still have structure that will, the beauty of the structure, the unsung hero of the structure is it shows you where to land. You can like bring the plane back in. Like I, I got to, Oh, I got to wind this up. Okay. I need to go here to wind it up. And a lot of times that's a big challenge for people. They don't know how to end things or like wrap it up. And when you have a structure it makes it easier. Absolutely. When I first started podcasting, I was in the scripted section and it was a pain in the ass. Oh, bro. I can only imagine, dude. <laughs> I uh. needed a, I needed Bryce when I first started. <laughs> uh, well, you, the good part is, is you kept going and you made it because I could see how that could burn you out in a hurry. Because, I mean, you're writing a chapter of a book for every podcast you're doing and then you got to edit it and you got to flow with it and you got to make sure that you're not tripping over words and practicing it dude that's a lot of that's a lot of commitment man congratulations that, that honestly lasted one episode and i went <laughs> for it and i shot it like two three times i was like no forget it and then i just spoke to what i felt was good and hey we're here we made it through yeah you did man i'm proud of you <laughs> thanks well I could talk to you for ages, Bryce. I really do appreciate you coming here. And clearly you're a master in the work that you do. And certainly was a blessing to have you come on. Well, I appreciate it. I hope that uh, yourself and the listeners of your show get something out of this. And uh, uh, I just, I, I really, my, the mantra that I've had when I started Media Automated all those years ago is I wanted to rid the world of crappy podcasts. And the only way to do it is to make better ones. And so any value that I can provide to help people be better at speaking or better at messaging or how to create more authority for themselves. So people will want to listen to them more. Like I'm, I'm here for it. I think that, I think that the personal experience and challenge of becoming that becoming a more articulate spokesperson and being able to say things in a way that resonates and helps people. We need more of it. Absolutely. So final question, what is your definition of authenticity? Very simply, it's what you think, what you say, and what you do are all lined up. They're all the same. And there's a really incredible book called Power Versus Force by, I think his name is David Hawkins. And there have been studies done about the literal energy of action related to where we're at in our bodies from the lower vibrating energies like grief and guilt and sadness all the way up to authenticity is the highest one. And quite literally, when you take action 
with the things that you think and say in the same commitment of what you think and say and feel, it just shines through. It's actually scientifically proven. And so for me, authenticity is, is, is presenting what you think, what you say, and what you do all as the same. And the beauty is when you do that, the people around you feel it. That's why when you're around really authentic people, like you can feel it. You can feel that like, this is a good guy. This is a good person. This is a good person. Like, this, this, she's cool. There's just an ease of energy. It vibrates. It brings you up. It, it vibrates higher and it makes it easier for you to step into their sort of field instead of staying in your lower field. If you just so happen to be in a lower field. I love that. Simply being in alignment with all the things you speak, feel, and say. Yeah. That's powerful. So any last words that you would like to share with the audience today? Well, first of all, Braden, I thank you for the opportunity to be on your show. This has been a, a pleasure. Um, secondly, I guess I'll just say this. If you have a desire to get a message out there and it's something that you are feeling called to do, I would love the chance to at least even have a conversation with you to see if there's anything that I can assist you with towards pushing you in the right direction or nudging you, I should say. Uh, it's very important that if, if you have a message inside of you and you have something that's there, I want to help remove the obstacles that would stop it from getting out. And that doesn't hurt anything. It only helps you. So if, if that's you and you're listening to this and, and whatnot, please reach out to me. I'd love to have a conversation. Absolutely. And I'll be tagging all your information below. So please cool. follow Bryce along. He's a, he's an interesting guy. He uh, <laughs> drives a beautiful Ferrari. So I certainly do. follow him, certainly follow him along. And thank you so much, Bryce, for coming on again. You bet, Braden. Appreciate the time. Thank you again for listening to Journey to Authenticity show. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a review. It really helps me to get the best guests on the podcast that will help for the most interesting and educational content. Have a wonderful rest of your day, everybody.